This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Hey, listeners of the Heartland Daily Podcast. For today's episode, Justin Haskins joins The Morning Show with Preston Scott to discuss the COVID lockdowns, the national debt, and student loans. Check it out. I got to bring Justin Haskins in right at the beginning here from the Heartland Institute. Justin, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. You know, it's just another day fighting off the socialist horse, trying to storm the American castle. I have to get your reaction to this. Here's the headline on Fox News. You ready? Here's yeah. what you can do once you're fully vaccinated, according to the CDC. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. That's great. I'm glad that's news. It's yeah. headline news. We're getting our marching orders from the CDC. Right, right. Well, now I know which overlord agency I have to go to to ask permission to go outside. Thank you. With my family. Well, are you, I, I was walking, I walked down in our building here. I went to pick up some papers and I happened to see they, they had one of the networks on and there's a reporter doing a stand up wearing a mask. And I, 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 Justin, I want to just throw a brick through the television. They're not standing next to anybody. They're outside and they're wearing masks. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, look, someone needs to show me some evidence, just any evidence at all, that all of this lockdown stuff, that destroying the economy, that everything that we've been doing for this, for, for, you know, over a year or about a year now, that any of this actually made a difference. And, and I've yet to see any data that shows that. The states that locked down versus the states that didn't lock down, the data does not indicate that there's a significant difference between the, in some places, many places, the states that did not lock down actually did better. So none of this worked. They literally destroyed the economy and imposed all sorts of draconian laws for regular people all across the country, in some cases ruining people's lives for something that actually, for a policy that actually did not help at all, at all. While they were giving awards to Andrew Cuomo, who was putting policies into place that was killing older people at a ridiculously high rate in nursing homes in New York State. It also segues beautifully to what I want to start with here, and it is the national debt, because we are adding to it. Um, there's a degree of un- understanding with a little bit of it. I didn't agree with everything that Donald Trump did when he was signing these bills, spending all of this money, and I certainly don't agree with it with Joe Biden about to do the same thing. But, Justin, you make the argument that our national debt actually makes the, quote, inequality problem worse. Why? Right. and This is so important for people to understand. When you have a large amount of national debt, when you have a massive national debt, the, the, the central bank essentially has to keep interest rates low, and they have to keep pumping money into the economy through the banking system in order to make sure the government can finance that debt. If the interest rates get too high, then the government literally can't afford to pay its bills. And by too high, I mean what used to be considered normal interest rates. If interest rates got up to 5%, the, 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 econ- the government may not be able to pay that. The government might go bankrupt. So they have to keep interest rates low 
in order to make sure that that happens. And the, the advantage to that, the other advantage to that, they believe, is that they get to pump all this money into the economy. But when they do that, it creates all kinds of massive distortions in the economy. And one of those massive distortions is that this money ends up in the hands, this really cheap, easy-to-get, low-interest loans money ends up in the hands of wealthy, giant corporations, wealthy individuals who can get access to this credit, and other big financial institutions and investors and things like that. And, and, and a lot of the money ends up in the stock market, which also helps those people. And it ends up creating this situation where regular people don't see most of that money. Most of that money ends up in the hands of the people who have the easiest access to credit. So it creates a widening gap in wealth inequality and other things that you hear the left talk about all the time. But it's left-wing policies, whether the Republicans are doing it or Democrats are doing it, they're still left-wing policies that are causing these things to happen. Justin, stand by right there. Quick check of weather and traffic. Back with more. Justin Haskins from the Heartland Institute. StoppingSocialism.com. My guest on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. And when you want or listen again, the Preston Scott Podcast is at WFLAFM.com. 11 minutes after the hour here on The Morning Show after surviving my initial rant going off on a tangent justin haskins helps reel me back in here as we talk about the national debt that is spiraling and and justin even the national debt is is a bit of a of a mirage because they don't count certain things on the balance sheet of the federal government that would normally be counted for example it doesn't count social security as a debt because in reality it's not guaranteed to people so the national debt is actually a whole lot worse than than even what 30 trillion yeah it it, it is uh when you add in unfunded liabilities and, un- and and other things like that uh the national debt is is th- this problem is a is a crisis it's a massive, massive crisis. And the things that, pe- that people need to understand is that it's not just about, oh, well, you know, we don't want to have a high national debt because at some point in the future, you know, our kids are going to have to pay it back. Our national debt's so high, our kids are probably never going to pay it back. That's right. the truth. Right. What, what's happening is they're destroying our economy. And if as they continue to devalue the dollar by printing more and more and more of it, they put us at an incredible risk of losing the dollar as the world reserve currency, which means the, the, the currency that they use on international transactions all over the world. All these other countries use the dollar when they buy oil, when they buy gold, when they buy commodities and other things in other countries, they use the dollar because that's historically been the most trustworthy currency. But what they're doing now is so devaluing it that they're encouraging people around the world, many of whom don't like us, like China, to get the international community to adopt a different currency to use for international transactions. And if that happens, then our economy is going to completely crash. It's going to be destroyed by this. It's going to be like a Great Depression-level crash. And they are pushing us closer and closer and closer to this happening. And the international community is very open that they're, they're considering these things. They're planning for it. They're preparing for it. And we're all just in America not really paying attention to it. And it could end up causing, like I said, a Great Depression-level 
crash if we don't get our spending under control. And there's no one in Washington interested in doing that, apparently. Yeah, no one is is the right word, too. It, it doesn't seem to be something that, that Republicans care a whole lot to deal with. Certainly, President Trump didn't address it um, often enough, if at all. Um, but, you know, we, we talked before our segment on the previous hour, Justin, about how the minimum wage, how it's going to impact the poorest of the people, the people that it allegedly is supposed to lift up. The same thing's true with this whole national debt and how it, it makes those on the bottom end of the spectrum um, more, more vulnerable. One of the things I, I made a note of is that when interest rates are so low, the poor can't get access to it. People that are maybe living paycheck to paycheck and have a little extra to borrow to maybe get that first house or buy that car because they they can't qualify for an interest rate that's so low. Well, there there is some of that going on. The other thing, too, is that there is massive price inflation in many key markets. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, in housing. Housing, if you look at housing prices over the past 20 years, it's absolutely astounding. It goes through these periods where it jumps by 50%, 70%. We're up something like 50% since uh, the crash in 2009 in housing prices. Even though we just got into a huge recession within the past year, we've been in a recession, and yet housing prices continue to climb. As this inflation drives up prices, the poor are the people who are not only not, you know, in some cases, not able to get access to credit, but they're not able to pay for any of this. How is, how is a person who is impoverished going to afford a house when the cost of a house in 10 years is going up by 50%? And that's gaining that access to wealth is the only way to lift yourself out of poverty in the long run. And these people are not able to do it because prices are so distorted because they're printing so much money and pumping it into the economy in part to make sure that the government continues financing this debt that they have no ability to pay off over the long run. Justin Haskins with me from the Heartland Institute and StoppingSocialism.com. When we come back, we're going to pivot to student loans and the danger of the student loan program and forgiving, what, $50,000 worth of student loan debt and what it presents as a problem for a whole lot of families and students that no one's talking about. Next on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Back here on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. I've been chatting his ear off in the break. Justin Haskins with us from the Heartland Institute and the website StoppingSocialism.com. I beg of you, go to that site. Go to both sites. Read, read, read. Learn, learn, learn. Sit down with your children and teach them because I assure you they are not getting enough of this in school, if any. Justin, we talked about in the in the break uh, a little. Well, actually, not in the break. We talked prior to the break about the national debt and adding to it would be a bailout of student loans, which would uh, thrill a whole bunch of people in Congress, ironically. But there are some real dangers here for families and students who would be impacted negatively. Well, there, I mean, first of all, everybody would be impacted negatively. There's no such thing as everybody other than the people getting most of the student loan forgiveness would be impacted negatively because there's no such thing as, as canceling student loans. Somebody is going to pay for it somehow. Exactly. Either through taxes or increased interest rates or 
or in or you know the, the devaluation of the dollar or something. Someone's going to pay for it. There's no such thing as a free lunch, right? So there's that. But really, uh, there there are certain groups even uh, within colleges that are really going to suffer as a result of that. One of those is. Um, people who have already paid off their student loans or who are paying off their student loans. Think about the message that you're sending people who've been making student loan payments. Think about all the parents that saved up for their kids' student loans and, and, and helped pay their, their tuition while they were in school. They're not getting a refund for any of that. Those people are getting totally and completely screwed as a result of those policies. Um, Joe Biden's plan in particular provides free college tuition, but only at public colleges. So if you go to a private school, it's not going to help you. And only for people, families that earn, I think it's $125,000 or less, get access to this. Families above that threshold uh, don't get anything. So those people are basically going to be subsidizing, meaning families that earn more than $125,000, middle-class families, going to be subsidizing other middle-class families who happen to fall below that threshold, uh, let's say make $100,000, so that their kids can go to public college. So really, I mean, where is the fairness or the justice in that system? There's absolutely none at all. And, and it will drive private colleges completely out of business because why would you send your kid to a private school if, if you're in a family that's below that income threshold when they can go to a public school for absolutely free? So religious colleges, certain art schools, other things that are private schools, other than the really elite ones like the Ivy League colleges, they're going to be fine, of course. But everybody else, they're going to be in a really rough situation, and they may not survive that Joe Biden policy. What do you think of Tucker Carlson's suggestion that the Ivy League schools be required to, uh, to take certain students, not the wealthiest students? Those, those kids have to go somewhere else. Well, I mean, I don't want uh, the government telling any college to do really much of anything. Oh, I agree. Really. But I understand Tucker Carlson's point. I mean, essentially, the, what, the, what the left has been doing for a very long time at these Ivy League institutions is building a, a new class system of just of hyper elites has been going on for generations and generations and generations. These people go to these Ivy League schools. They get in in part because their parents went to Ivy League schools, something called legacy admissions. They end up in the highest rungs of government, in the swamp. They're running everything, and they're just they're getting their friends back into it uh, from their college, other new people who went to college there. And it's just a cycle of getting Ivy League people at every rung of government and every rung of power, boardrooms all across the country. And they all sort of think the same way, or a lot of them think the same way, because they're receiving the same kind of education. And so for, if, they, if they really care about diversity, then you know, they should have people who have different views than they do, that from different classes than they are. People from different parts of the country, like the Midwest, for example, uh, and the South. But that's not what they're interested in doing, of course. And so I think that if you're going to be playing these games, uh, uh, insisting that we have all sorts of diversity and everything else, and okay, fine. I'm all for diversity. Let's have real diversity, though. Let's not just have fake diversity. And, and that's what these Ivy League colleges are interested in. They're not interested in really getting people with different opinions. They just want people who have different races and different religions and things like that, not people who actually think differently. Yeah, diversity is look different, but be just like me. Um, yep. Justin, as always, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you next month. Thank you, sir.